Hey, everybody, it's Ryan Ripley. Wanted to get a new offering in front of you as soon as possible, evidence-based leadership. And so, as you all know, Todd Miller, myself, and Will Seeley, we're big on evidence-based management. We want to apply it to the leadership space. We all know that modern managers face complex challenges every day. You're juggling a lot of needs, your direct reports, your stakeholders, your customers, they all need constant attention. What we want to do is help you manage that. We want you to use information and data to make good decisions around all of these areas so that we're delivering the right thing at the right time for the right customer. And we know that we're doing that because we're using data and evidence to validate all the things that we're doing. And not only that, we're not just looking at value, but we're looking at our capabilities as an organization. Can we deliver on time? Can we innovate effectively? Do we have too much tech debt? Do we have too many things in process? Are we unable to deliver when the market demands that we do? We look at all of these things with evidence-based management. We merge that into a leadership uh, mindset and lens, and we enable you to make new and better decisions repeatedly based off of the data that you're collecting within your organization. It's exciting stuff. We hope you can join us. Visit agileforhumans.com forward slash EBL course. Join us in one of these offerings. We think you're going to love it. Hope you can join us. Use Agile for Humans, the number four to take another 15% off of this course. And uh, we can't wait to see you there. Agile for Humans is brought to you by Audible.com. Get one free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash agile. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, including Scrum, The Art of Doing Twice the Work in Half the Time by Jeff Sutherland, and Crucial Conversations by Carrie Patterson. Visit www.audibletrial.com forward slash agile to enjoy your free audiobook today. Processes and tools dominate today's agile discussions, but we are devoted to the individuals and interactions that make it work. From the beginner to the veteran practitioner, we have something for you. Welcome to Agile for Humans. All right, we are still in Indianapolis at the Agile Indie Conference, one of the, I think, one of the more impressive conferences in the Midwest. I think we're all having a great time here. Joining me now, Allison Pollard. Yes, hi. Hi, hi, Allison, how are you? Good. And Barry Forrest. Barry, how are you? I'm doing well. So you two are co-presenting this year at Agile Indie, right? Yes, I love doing co-presentations. I love having someone else to bounce off of. I thought you were gonna say do all the work. Uh, that's, the, that's the secret, actually. Now, Allison, I think many of the, the listeners will recognize Allison very quickly. Uh, very accomplished speaker and well-known all throughout the Agile community. So really excited that uh, you're able to join us. Barry, you've, you're, you're co-presenting. What are you guys talking about here at Agile, at Agile Indy? So we chose team dynamics and communication to talk about. Okay. Um, I have a very developer-centric background. And Allison has obviously the very coach-centric Agile background, so we tried to find something that the two of us could talk about. Mm -hmm. So as you two come together, so Allison, a very talented Agile coach, you yourself, very talented developer, you come together, your viewpoints are starting to mesh. Mm -hmm. What are the learnings there? I'm sure you guys picked up some different insights and and different ideas. You know, what's come of just, not necessarily the talk, but just of the collaboration? 
Barry's really easygoing, um, and and that's kind of what attracted me to to I think have him as a co-presenter in the first place, because um, we have different styles, different backgrounds, but we we do blend together I think pretty well. Um, but I was surprised. So part of our presentation is going through the DISC behavior profiles. Um, and so both of us have done it a, a number of times and we showed each other, you know, what our charts look like. And Barry's is actually um, different than I expected. Um, you know, I come up to him at the office and he's always very sociable, very friendly. And so I had it in my head that he's a very strong I, very strong influencer very people-oriented, and in fact, his chart showed that he's also a strong D, um, which is not something I expected. Well, a lot of times folks miss the D, mm -hmm. um, being driven and task-oriented and result-oriented, but in development teams, if somebody else is taking that role, I gladly let them have it, mm -hmm. but if the inmates are running the asylum and we need to get stuff done, the D comes out in spades, and it's like, poof. So for the, the listeners out there not <clears throat> familiar with the DISC model, can you guys run through that real quick, just how that works what the and what the outcomes look like? Yeah, so there, there's four different um, behaviors that you're, you're looking at, and each of us have all four, but some are stronger than others. Um, and so D stands for dominance, person that's going to be driving things forward, very competitive, um, task-oriented. I is influencer, and like I said, they're very social, very interactive. Um, S is going to be steadiness, and so they tend to, to look at the group dynamics and making sure that there's consensus within the group. Um, they might be a bit resistant to change because they want to keep things very calm, um, but those people are actually the like unsung heroes of teams. They're often doing the grunt work that no one else is uh, interested in. Uh, and then the C which is compliance, um, or as I like to think of it, more like critical thinking, very detail-oriented, very analytical. Again, more task-oriented, less people-focused. Um, right. Yeah. And making sure that you get all of the details of the user story done. Yes. Uh, Ds want to get stories done. Cs want all of the sub-items done. Got it. Yeah. So it sounds like, since we all have these traits, as you're looking for these these dynamic teams and putting teams together, this could actually be a really interesting way to make sure you have good coverage. Yes, right? and and I actually like doing it as a workshop with teams at the beginning um, for that reason, because you can start to see um, some of the dynamics that we might encounter later as we're working together. Well, it seems like this could also play into working agreements, mm -hmm. uh, kind of like a liftoff type situation. I mean, that, it seems like the applications, especially at inception, mm -hmm. uh, could be really powerful. Well, one of the teams that I worked with last year that I'll be joining again starting on Monday, the manager overall over the team was like, he saw the disc profile from our recruiting staff, and he's like, oh, I need a high D. Barry, I'm so glad you're here. I've got three Cs. They'll analyze everything to death, and nobody <laughs> will bother to try something. You know, mm -hmm. So I basically had carte blanche to kick butts and make them do something, mm -hmm. try it, and if it failed, no big deal. But we've got a stake in the ground and we tried something and there's a direction at that point. Right. So you can take your temperature after that and did it work? Yes, great. No, well, what do we need to do instead? Mm -hmm. So the workshop that the two of you did here at Agile Indy, mm -hmm. so was this about building out this profile and then how we, that plays into your teams? Or how did you bring this to 
I guess, more of a, a, com- a conference setting. Yeah, so we actually did a, a really quick activity to have everyone identify what their dominant um, or like their strongest behavior um, was. And so then they worked in small groups to define out like what kind of commu- communication do you like and what communication do you not like, um, you know, based on that behavior and have everyone report out to the large group so we can start to see the differences more clearly. So a quick activity to figure out your dominance. What is that? What is that? I'm kind of curious now. What does that look like? <laughs> what is your activity? Uh, basically, we, we had everyone stand up in the room uh, and we said, okay, you know, come to the front of the room if you're um, more fast paced um, and if you're going to be more on like the, the questioning side and more reflective, you know, go to the back of the room. Uh, which was kind of fun because, of course, you know, Barry and I start to split immediately of like where we fall. <laughs> right. Uh, so Allison <laughs> goes to the back of the room, and I'm like, all my people, the fast and <laughs> come to the front of the room, fast and the furious up here. Right. Yeah. Um, and so then, once you're on, you know, that half of the room, we start breaking it down into, okay, now are you on the left or the right? You know, so are you going to be more um, accepting and warm of ideas? Uh, and you know more again kind of people oriented or are you um Waldorf and Sattler (laughs) (laughs) ah that'll never work (laughs) what are you talking about probably I would have gone to the back of the room and then more to the accepting of ideas yeah so where would that put me high S high S okay good now I know now you know so you're a supportive glue guy very good. So we would have been a great team. We would yes. be a great team. I mean, this is this is perfect right here, right? Yeah, yeah. Very good. Well, it sounds like it was a, a really good workshop. Um, glad that you were able to bring that here. I think it's the, these ideas, especially in the Agile community now about uh, dynamic reteaming, mm-hmm. building teams, how people work together. You know, it, we're not just talking about Scrum anymore. Right. We're not just talking about... Um, these these methodologies and practices we're actually getting back to the people and the interactions and how all that stuff works so it's really great to see mm-hmm. um, as far as applying this you no know, it sounds like where you work mm-hmm. this is a very important piece of your of your culture mm-hmm. what have you seen from a cultural perspective that you know having this process and I you know I won't out where you guys are at but knowing yeah. the company that you work at very well or at least through um, so some other interactions, knowing that culture is very important. Mm-hmm. You know, what have you seen uh, from this method that's really influenced the the growth and the um, the sustainability of your culture? Um, so we have, you know, every consultant does the assessment, and it becomes part of our profiles um, that go to clients, like Barry mentioned. Uh, but we have all of our office staff, uh, corporate staff, do it as well. And so in our previous office, we had a giant poster hanging uh, with a number of our faces on it to show who was where. Um, and so it, it becomes part of our common language. Uh, and so I know, like, one of our salespeople uh, that I've been working with quite a bit She's a high I, I'm a high C, which means that we are polar opposites. Um, And so we adapt to one another. We know that going into conversations that we are adapting to one another to communicate well. Um, From my side, it means, you know, I probably want to talk to her about something, you know, a little bit more urgent, you know, work related. But in order to like really get her time and... um, and, and and yeah, like work with her. I actually need a lot, even more time for that conversation, so we can connect as people. Hmm. You know, she's gonna want to have more conversation up front of you know how are you doing and you're like how was your weekend. 
you know, and I want to hear about her. Uh, right. And you kind of make that gesture of like, oh, let's move on. Let's move on. And that might be going on in my head. Um, but I've learned over time that it's actually the most efficient way for us to communicate is to accommodate one another's styles. Yeah, the, the adaptation, the ability to just uh, to to respond to what the other person needs, mm-hmm. crucially important. I think it's that's the sign of a healthy culture. Right, right. right. That I actually care about how you two want to be communicated with. You care about how I want to be communicated with, and, and we find a way to to do that. And I think it, you know, what, what sometimes I think we miss is if I'm not engaged, I'm not listening. If I'm not mm-hmm. listening, I'm not able to to help you. Right. And you can't help me, and it's I, fascinating stuff. So thanks for sharing that, uh, Barry. Beer brewing. Beer brewing. How have you applied your agileness to making that that wonderful substance? <laughs> or do you see parallels in your? So for the listeners out there who aren't familiar with Barry, he's a uh, a beer brewer, a a, a very uh, I think that's one of your passions, right? Uh, Award winning. Award winning beer yes. brewer. So have you found that applying Agile to beer, like there's some parallels or is this just totally two separate types of conversations? I think it's more separate than than a parallel, but there are lots of experiments in brewing. Sure. They just take two months to figure out. <laughs> because there's there's the work you put in on brew day with coming up with a recipe and the, like the six hours to actually make the beer. But then you've got like a month to two months where the yeast is doing its thing and and really making the beer. You're just giving the yeast sugar water. It makes the beer. Fermentation takes takes a long time. Yes. Fermentation takes a little while longer. And so it takes two months to find out if your experiment worked or not. (laughs) Um, And I've learned to change one thing at a time so I can track back to, okay, this change was good. This one, not so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what do you specialize in? What kind of beers do you like to make? Uh, I started out brewing stouts, oatmeal stouts nice. and Russian imperial stouts and the big, bold, chocolatey, dark fruit beers. Um, I've had more widespread acclaim with my wheat beers. Oh, wow. Those go over really well at the office. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so he supplies uh, the office with, he, with beer. He's our guy. Yeah. Uh, so our office actually has two... Yeah, I'll keep it at two kegs. Wait. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so, you know, Barry makes sure that we have good craft um, beers on tap for us. Well, Sometimes I sneak one of my beers on the tap. So. <laughs> there you go. Well, very good. Thanks for uh, for filling that in. It's a it's just a, a side interest. Always been interested in it, but uh, haven't jumped into it yet. I need to make that first experiment and mm. give it a shot. But uh, very cool there. So as far as you know other other engagements, other speaking topics. What else do you have going on? <laughs> I know Allison, you you have many different topics. Yeah, um, this year's been really um, nutty, uh, for lack of a better word. You know, I, I submitted different proposals to a number of conferences with different co-presenters. Uh, next thing I knew, most of them had said yes. Yeah. Uh, and so it's actually been very exciting because I'm coming at it as how do I always help others uh, understand coaching skills and apply them in Agile? Um, and so it starts weaving an interesting thread through all these different talks that I'm doing this year. Um, but the next one's in Keep Austin Agile. 
uh, end of May, uh, and then I'll be at Agile 2017 doing two sessions. Wow. Yeah, wow. So it's going to be a long week. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Very cool. So when it comes to this co-presenting, this has been a topic uh, on the show quite a bit. I know that um, you know, Amitai recently, he and I co-presented in New York. We're going to get an episode out about that because I think we... We learned a lot from that particular experience, uh, ran a few experiments with the way you overall do a talk, and it, um, I think it turned out well. We had Lisa Crispin on a little bit ago. I think the listeners will remember that episode where she's really been leading the way. Mm -hmm. I think it, you know, one of the, the, the big names in our community basically saying, if you're new to speaking, I'd love to pair with you. Yeah. And so this thing seems to be building uh, and actually starting to become a thing. Mm -hmm. you know, how, why why have you moved towards that space? Like, what is it? I think I know what brought Amitai and I to it. I'm just curious, as you start co-presenting with more people, what is it that, that keeps bringing you to, to do that more and more? So I, I guess I started um, in a co-presentation model. And so, and it was very much like both of us were equal partners. Um, we both are standing at the front of the room the full time and, you know, play off one another uh, and, and, you know, contribute and engage throughout. Um, I've seen a number of folks that take more of what I call like a divide and conquer method. Yeah. Um, that one I'm not as much a fan of personally. Um, I find it more awkward uh, for like, you know, my section of, okay, if they hit me with a question, like I'm the one that has to answer it. Uh, or I'll read the first pressure. five slides, you read the last five kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it always uh, just hits me kind of wrong um, when I do that. So I, I like both of us are like fully engaged, um, playing full out. Uh, and so for a while I was, you know, co-presenting with other agile coaches, uh, especially ones that have gone through professional coaching training. Um, so we can both, you know, digest some of those big concept, big skills and figure out how to bring them into agile. And then as I've done so many conferences and I've gotten really comfortable um, as a speaker, I hit that point where I realized, you know what, I really need to diversify a bit. Hmm. Um, and so I, I actually had worked with a technical coach uh, for a long time at one client, and he and I did a co-presentation on, you know, what were the, the technical coaching things um, that both of us were supporting in the organization? You know, him working with the developers, you know, more hands-on, but what was I doing with the full development team, the full scrum team? to help support those ideas um, in being implemented in sprints. Uh, and then I think most recently, um, a couple of folks at, at our company said they wanna get started as speakers. And I said, I'm willing to help you out if we can find the right topic and the right conference and we're making it happen. Yeah, it, what I found was too, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Right, so in, in New York, like I said, Amitai and I got to, and that was my first co-presenting experience. Mm -hmm. so I, he and I, I mean, the listeners know that we're on this podcast a lot together, so we riff off one another. We're doing that over Skype. Mm -hmm. But as far as like together and doing a, a presentation, we hadn't done that before. And what I found was if I got stuck, he could jump in. If he got stuck, mm -hmm. I jumped in. It was just a very, uh, it was just good collaboration. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. Because yeah. there are points where someone asks a very, and Amitai knows this stuff too, but when they go real deep into leadership management, you know, 
these big organizations where I have more experience than perhaps he might. Mm -hmm. uh, he would say something, kind of trail, I would jump in, and then when someone starts hammering him with this, this technical you know, test-driven development type question or something like that, I haven't been a developer in 15 years, <laughs> so I have, you know, I don't, I don't know that stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. So I would trail and he would jump in. I just found it, it actually, to, to link back to you know, Josh Karievsky's uh, keynote that we just got to see part of, uh, the safety was yeah. increased. Yeah. It was really neat how you actually felt a little safer going out on a limb with an answer because if you were to fall a little bit, you've got someone else that you can trust Mm -hmm. to kind of pop back in and, and recenter the conversation. It's just an interesting kind of learning from that that bring a little more safety to the whole process. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, Well, cool. How are you liking uh, Agile Indy? I know we've all, as speakers, have been talking about, even at the lunch, just uh, what a great organization this is, how well they've put this together. What are your impressions? I know this is your first visit. This is my your second. second. You were yeah. here. So... There's a reason for that mistake, so the <laughs> listeners also know that uh, I was supposed to be at Agile Indy last year, uh, my daughter Emmeline arrived, uh, my wife shipped early, right? We had, uh, she, she did great, uh, but she came a little early, I wasn't able to make it, so I missed Allison's first time. Yes. So yeah. now this is your second visit. Mm -hmm. I think this is much bigger than I'm, last year. I am amazed at how much it has grown just in one year. Uh, and, it, and even, you know, this is a local regional conference and we're talking 700 plus people. That's incredible. Um, the scrum gathering at the end of April was 1100, yeah. you know, so it's really not that far off in, in terms of numbers. Yeah, they really are approaching the, the size, the venue, uh, the organization uh, maturity, mm -hmm. you know, all of those things of a of a major conference. I mean, it really to call it a, just a Midwest or a regional event anymore probably isn't fair. I think mm -hmm. they have hit that that more national kind of conference. They have people flying in um, from all over the country. They they both have they have local people like like me. They have uh, people like you who flew in. I think from from Texas. Mm -hmm. They've got people from probably each coast that have come to speak at this now. It's really amazing what it's turned into, so yeah. just really neat to see, and uh, it's great that it's in my backyard. So that's <laughs> kind of fun too, right? Finally, one of the, the one conference I don't have to fly to. Well, and it's also really exciting, you know, when it's your your local community, and, yeah. and you, of all people, recognize the talent that's coming in, yep. this like influx of new and different ideas, uh, and to be able to like witness that. Yep. Um, I imagine is rather exciting. It is. I, it's exciting as an outsider. I know I've talked to a number of the board members here at Agile Indy. I mean, they're just, they're not surprised. I mean, they've put in the work mm -hmm. and they've really, they've, a lot of these people have pioneered Agile in Indiana and they've, they've helped spread it through their own time, effort, expense. Mm -hmm. And now I think they're just reaping what they've sowed. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's really uh, that kind of organic growth over a number of years and just that that effort. So it's, it is really cool to see. It is very satisfying that people are flying into Indiana mm -hmm. of all mm -hmm. states. <laughs> Argue, arguably one of the best states. <laughs> no, it's, it's my state. But uh, they are flying into Indiana to have an Agile conference or to, to speak at one or to, to attend. And it's, it is pretty satisfying. You wouldn't think that necessarily that would happen, but it, it is. So... Very, uh, very grateful to the Agile Indy organizers and, and just the board for having this event, for putting it together. I know that we all had a great time speaking here. Oh, I yeah. Think we'll definitely, everyone we've talked to so far is looking forward to submitting next year. 
Yeah, so. and it's it's so nice when you're you're you know as a speaker you don't necessarily get to feel like you're part of the conference. Right. You know, we're taking time to. Um, you know, do our mental prep uh, and, and maybe last minute revisions. So we or don't get vomiting to, in the restroom. Or, or yeah, freaking yeah. out. Um, <laughs> Pacing. Yeah. Anything. So, but, Anyways. We, but that means like we don't get to see as much of the conference typically. Um, you know, and even when we are, you know, in other sessions, our, our yeah. brain might not be fully there. Um, but the organizers have done such a great job um, and had a lovely dinner for us last night. That, yep. That really makes a big difference, I think, in in appreciating the speakers and making us feel welcome. Yeah. So, Barry, is this your first? This uh, is the foray? very first. So, I think I, I think you've come in at, at a great time and place, and with a great co-presenter. So, this is uh, that's got to be exciting for you. It is exciting. So, welcome to the speaking world. I hope I hope we see more of you as we. Well, thank you. As, as we travel around the country and hit these events, so. We are at our time box, though. Awesome. As good agilists, we respect our time boxes. So at this point of the show, um, it's really open to the two of you. So how can listeners reach out to you? How can they contact you? Uh, do you have anything you'd like to promote? Is there anything that people should know about? And uh, I'll open it up to the two of you. I'm not going to promote anything specifically. Uh, I, I keep a running list of my speaking engagements on my blog. Uh, it helps me keep track of them uh, as well as anyone <laughs> else to find me. Uh, so that's AllisonPollard.com. And I'm also on Twitter at Allison underscore Pollard. Nice. Yeah. Barry, how can people continue talking to you? Twitter. 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 All right. B Forest with two R's, three zero. Nice. So we will get links to uh, the sites. Some of the other conferences that we've talked about and uh, the Twitter handles all in the show notes so that people can continue the conversation. Now, as for me, uh, not promoting anything during these Agile Indie talks, I uh, just want to make sure that uh, you know people are aware of the conference. I hope as people listen to this, they download the show, they, they hear what a great event and venue that Agile Indie has become, that they consider the conference and, and just want to say thank you again to the organizers organizers on the board for just a great speaking experience. So mm -hmm. with that said, I'm your host, Ryan Ripley. Thank you, everyone, for being out there and listening. Thank you for the downloads, the feedback. Keep your questions coming. We are going to do a show very soon where we have taken all of your Twitter questions, your voicemails, everything that you've sent. We're going to get a great panel of people together and just go through them. And so your questions will be answered. It'll be a, a, a listener-centric show that's coming up soon. Get your questions in. Uh, so that we can address those as well, but that's coming up very shortly. With that said, uh, thank you for being out there. Thank you for sharing the show, and uh, everyone have a great night. Thanks for listening to Agile for Humans. Let's keep the conversation going. Drop us a question on Twitter at Agile for Humans or visit agileforhumans.com. Hey, it's Ryan. If you're enjoying this show and want to take a deeper dive into Scrum with me and Todd, check out agileforhumans.com forward slash training. Be sure to also look at the show notes to subscribe to our newsletter, get a copy of our book, Fixing Your Scrum, and learn more about working with us at Agile for Humans. Thanks for listening and Scrum on.